Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. My name is Jared St. Clair. It is good to be with you again on yet another beautiful Saturday in Salt Lake City, Utah. So excited to be here with you today. I love bringing Vitality Radio to you every week. If you are a new listener, stay tuned. We've got some really great stuff. We're going to talk about the new colon cancer recommendations from the American Cancer Society. That is the colon cancer prevention uh, recommendations, if you want to call it that. Uh, It's actually colon cancer detection. Anyway, we'll get into that during the morning rant. We also are going to talk about women's health and a new book that's come out called Women's Health Matters, which I really, really love. It's by Dr. Karen Jensen, and it is excellent. I'm even going to tell you how you can get it for free on today's episode. If you're a regular listener, you already know that Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. 107 South, 500 West is the address. My family store, we've had it since, uh, well, 41 years ago is when this thing opened. Well, it'll be 41 years this August. Isn't that crazy? I am 45, almost, I'll be 46 this August, so you can kind of do the math. I've been there since I was about five years old. And uh, it really is a passion, the passion of mine outside of really my children uh, being about the only thing that I'm probably more passionate about than bringing you this information on a weekly basis on Vitality Radio. You can reach us at uh, Vitality Nutrition anytime, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We would love to have you uh, give us a call if you have any questions about anything you hear on the show today. If you have any questions about your health, nutrition, alternatives to drugs and surgeries, those types of things, we would love to help you out again, 801-292-6662. Catch us on Facebook, too. If you're into social media, that's the best place to catch us. I will be doing a lot more on Twitter and even Instagram in the very near future. But right now, it's mostly Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio. I post articles and information there through the week. Really good information uh, for you if you like to really dig into this stuff a little bit more deeply. And then, of course, we have our wonderful website, VitalityNutrition.com, which you should definitely check out. Now, I try to emphasize this because we're in Bountiful. We have one location. And we don't, uh, you know, the radio goes all over the place. We've got it in a variety of different places. We're even going to be turning this thing into a podcast very soon. But uh, what I want to emphasize is we love helping people regardless of where you're at. We can help you over the phone, take care of the things that you need, answer the questions that you have, whether you live in Provo or Price, whether you live in Ogden or Brigham City or uh, anywhere else within the sound of my voice. You don't have to be just in Davis County where we're at. Give us a call, 801. 292-6662. Okay, so on today's show, I mentioned we're going to hit women's health and why it matters in a 
different way than men's health. Uh, in fact, uh, this is not a feminist rant or anything like that. It's just the facts. The facts are that most medical protocols for treating women are based on clinical studies done on men. As a woman, do you want to be medically treated like a man? Probably not. That's the foreword of this new book by Dr. Karen Jensen, the naturopathic doctor uh, out of Canada. And I'm telling you, she's got some stuff right. It's a really good book. It's called Women's Health Matters, How the Influence of Gender Impacts Disease. Really, really good stuff. We're going to do that. We're also going to talk about this new recommendation from the American Cancer Society, who if you are a regular listener to the show, you're going to know Eh, we're not besties, me and the American Cancer Society. In fact, when it comes to cancer and early detection and all the things that they talk about, one of the places they've got it really wrong is that early detection is the most important thing. And I'm going to talk about what that means because that sounds probably counterintuitive. But yeah, that's why we're going to do this rant. We're going to talk about the new recommendation, which is for people 45 and up to start getting regular colonoscopies or some sort of uh, colon test to look for detection of cancer. That is the topic of today's morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, so here we go. This is an interesting article. It's all over the news. It just hit the last couple of days. I got mine off of NBCNews.com because they just make me laugh sometimes. And sometimes they make me rant. And, uh, you know, that's why I go to their site because they, they are a constant source of excellent stuff for me to talk about. Now, why would I rant about the American Cancer Society recommending earlier detection of colon cancer. Well, not certainly not because there's not a need for it. There is a need. Check out this statistic. It will kind of blow your mind. People born in the 80s and 90s are at double the risk for developing cancer of the colon and four times the risk for developing cancer of the rectum compared to people who were born just decades earlier, like in the 40s and 50s. Okay, so I was born in the 70s. I'm not sure quite where I fit in. But I anticipate that, you know, people born in the 60s have a slightly lower uh, incidence of colon cancer. People born in the 50s and 40s we know do. And I would also anticipate that my kids who were born in the uh, 2000s and beyond have less or have a higher risk probably than my kids that were born in the 90s. So what is going on here? And maybe a better question is, what what do we do about it right because the thing about this whole article that is maddening to me is that they never say why they never say anything in the article about well we don't know or we do know or we wonder if this is happening we just know that we need to detect it quicker and that is frustrating to me 
really frustrating to me because why? Because detection is a really great way to generate income. Colonoscopies are very expensive. They're very invasive. In fact, in fact, uh, you know, the American Cancer Society now their their new recommendation, you should get one starting at 45 years old instead of 50 years old. And that's fine. Sort of because it makes sense. People are getting cancer earlier. In fact, little kids now, teenagers, are getting colon cancer. That was never even heard of in the past, right? So this is an issue, and early detection is part of the plan, I think. I think it's good to know what you're dealing with. But how about that prevention word? How about that prevention word instead of that detection word. How about we put a little more focus on that? Let's go to the article and uh, see what it really says about this because I'm uh, finding myself getting very frustrated with uh, this whole prevention versus detection thing. I just don't think it works for me because all that the American Cancer Society ever seems to want to do is detect things. So here's what they say. They say that uh, people should start getting colonoscopies or some sort of screening at the age of 45. I don't necessarily disagree with that because the risks, as we said, are much higher. I mean, 135,000 roughly uh, will be diagnosed with either colon or rectal cancer this year. About 50,000 people will die. These are not small numbers, and we should be paying attention to this. But the changing a guideline and just making a recommendation that we should get screened doesn't necessarily solve anything. And there's a couple of reasons why that is. Harvard released a study uh, that said that they even said doesn't uh, necessarily, well, oh, sorry, the National Polyp Study uh, that was done in 2012 and put into the New England Journal of Medicine sort of supports the assumption according to Harvard, that colonoscopies actually save lives. But there was 2,600 people studied, and it was done over a 16-year period, and less people died uh, who had a colonoscopy um, during that time than the general public. So that kind of works, but there are a lot of limitations to the study. It's possible that the people who had polyps removed had fewer risk factors for colon cancer in the first place because what they found is that the group, the 2,600 people, had a significantly lower death rate from all causes, which suggests that they may have just been a healthier group. More importantly, this wasn't a randomized trial designed to compare a screened population with an unscreened population. It was just a study that made use of existing data to make comparisons. Now, Dr. Mayer from uh, Harvard says it still leans towards a belief that probably uh, you know, colon cancer is going to be uh, more detectable, um, or sorry, uh, more not preventable. <laughs> Detecting colon cancer early through the use of colonoscopies is what I'm trying to say, may actually save lives. It looks like that might be the case. But the question is, is it the case? And the answer is we don't know. So what else does this article say? What should we do? Maybe we don't want a colonoscopy. And why would we? They're not fun. Uh, you know, 80% of people 
are not at a higher risk. They're just average risk for colonoscopy. And so we, those are the people that say we should start at 45, the American Cancer Society says. And Dr. Labau, who had nothing to do with drawing up these recommendations, but is the chief of surgical oncology at Mount Sinai Health System, he actually says, the problem with this new recommendation is we're going to run a lot of unnecessary tests. Uh, we have to balance the risk versus the benefit. And this is an oncolog- oncologist, right? A surgical oncologist uh, in a pretty big position. And he's saying, oh, maybe not so fast. Because colonoscopies can carry some risk. And I love how they say can carry. They do carry some risk. They are expensive and they usually require sedation. And I'm telling you, if I'm going in for a colonoscopy, it's going to require sedation. <laughs> 100% guaranteed, Okay. And because, uh, you know, what are we doing? We're uh, using sedation. We're then fitting a camera to a tube that can be threaded through the entire colon. And, of course, before that, we have to cleanse out the colon in a pretty uncomfortable way. Uh, And, you know, it's like a 48-hour process, this whole thing. And it's no fun. And it's expensive. And the question is, is it necessary? And the one thing that I really appreciate about this article on NBCNews.com is that they actually do say there are alternatives, which they never talk about with breast cancer and mammography. They uh, only uh, say that's the only option, and it's not. Uh, There's thermography, which is better, safer, more effective, and everything else, uh, but not covered by your insurance because, you know, why would it be, right? Uh, But here we have other alternatives, and I love this because you can get a uh, stool blood test for 30 bucks, and that can be the first indicator of a problem. And then if they indicate or they see a problem there, then they may recommend a colonoscopy, but at least that's a better way to get started, I think. Spend 30 bucks on something to see if it's even worth getting a colonoscopy rather than going all in with a colonoscopy. So I'm going to look into that myself. I think that actually makes a lot of sense because I'm 45 years old. I'm right here. I'm in this group of people that they're talking about. And uh, maybe I need to know if there's uh, you know options outside of colonoscopy. And I will tell you right now, I'm going to be looking into this for myself. And uh, I will bring you what I find on future episodes of Vitality Radio. So this stool blood test, I like that idea. So the, the, the article goes on to say, that uh, about two-thirds of Americans who should get screened for colon cancer actually do. So a third of us are not getting screened, meaning people over 50. Uh, And there's a reason for that. It's a scary kind of a screening thing. A lot of people aren't insured for it. And so the people that aren't insured, only 25% of them are getting screened because it's expensive. Um, But if you have any of these uh, symptoms, they say you ought to be screened absolutely. And that is bleeding from the rectum, uh, blood in the stool, abdominal cramping, which is a really common thing, right? I mean, I talk to people all the time that have abdominal cramping, and that's usually not anything to do with colon cancer. It's just a form of indigestion where they can be solved by probiotics and enzymes in most cases. Uh, A change in the shape of the stool, diarrhea or constipation. That's another thing a lot of people deal with, IBS and things like that, right? And of course, a change in bowel habits or the feeling that you need to make a bowel movement, but there is none there. So those are the symptoms that they say now you're at, uh, you have symptoms that are related to colon cancer and you ought to look at it a little bit more closely. So uh, I'm going to say this. I love the idea of a less invasive approach, this blood stool sample. There's also virtual colonoscopy. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm going to look into that as well. That sounds pretty good. There's x-rays and things, but I don't know about that. That's radiation and that may even be more dangerous than what you're talking about with the uh, 
the colonoscopy. So there's questions there. But why am I ranting about this? What really matters here to me is this difference between the D word detection and the P word prevention. And there's a big problem there because one sentence in this entire article says anything about prevention. And that is, it says, risk factors for colon cancer include eating meat, especially processed meat, smoking, and obesity. That's it. That's all it says. It doesn't even make a suggestion based on that. It just says, here's some of the risk factors. And everything else is about prevention, or not prevention, Arr, detection, okay, early screening, and so on and so forth. Screening is expensive, and it makes a lot of money. So, of course, that's where the focus is going to be, because prevention doesn't. It doesn't generate any income for anybody. It just keeps people healthier. So, what's really going on here? Why are kids that were born in the 80s and 90s, I mean, these are people now, I guess, that are technically adults, most of them. Why are they getting colon cancer when that didn't ever happen before, really? And how are they going to be helped if they're in their 20s and 30s? I've got two kids born in the 90s, and they're 21 and almost 19, and uh, they're 20 years away from a colonoscopy, right? 25 years away, according to the current guidelines. So how does this help them? It, it doesn't. It doesn't help them at all. So what do we do and why are we not talking about prevention? Well, we just never do when it comes to one of these societies, you know, the or associations, the American Lung Association, the American Cancer Society, and so on and so forth. Uh, very frustrating. So this is my belief. First off, it is, and it always will be, diet that plays the biggest role in cancer. Stress is a big factor. Supplementation can be a big factor, the lack thereof, deficiency, and all these other things. But let's face it, we're talking about the colon here. What goes in must come out, right? Anything you eat exits through the colon, or at least for the most part it does. And whatever's happening between your mouth and your rectum is a big factor here. And all we say in this, or all they say in this article is eating meat, especially processed meat. But that's not true. I mean, that's part of it. Why is it part of it? Well, interestingly enough, meat is way more toxic than it ever was before in our parents' and grandparents' age. We didn't have cancer causing, I mean, like we know cancer causing. There's enough research to prove it, in my opinion. Things like RBST being injected into, into, uh, cows. We didn't have these growth hormones and antibiotics being dumped into the feed of pigs and cows and chickens and so on and so forth. And so we have all these things that are happening that are factors that very few people are paying any attention to, and least of all the American Cancer Society or the FDA or the AMA, because they're always about what do we do once the symptom arrives. Then we detect if it's cancer and then we cut it out or we radiate the heck out of it until it's gone, we hope. But I'm telling you right now, it's as simple as this. You got to take care of your health. You've got to prevent these things from happening, not wait for them, not allow it to be this inevitable thing. Look into it. Educate yourselves on this stuff, and I will tell you what you'll find is that eating cleaner, 
matters. It matters a lot. The chemicals that are in our food, the chemicals that are in our environment, the things that have never even been studied for human consumption that are all over the place and mixed into all kinds of things are getting us down in a significant way. And there is a reason why kids that I had at I'm 45 years old and I've got kids, like I said, in their 20s and I got little ones, eight and five, why they have a two to four times higher risk than my parents did. And it has nothing to do with early detection. So to wrap up the rant, it's very simple. We have to do the things that prevent cancer. And the first thing we have to do is eat healthier food. So if you're noticing constipation, if you're noticing abdominal cramping, if you're noticing abdominal bleeding, especially these things, you got to solve those problems. Sure, go get detected. I have no problem with that if you're having these symptoms. But fix the problems that are creating this because I believe that colon and rectal cancer are all about bad digestion, almost exclusively, in addition to toxicity though. So I guess it's not almost exclusively. Maybe it's a 50-50 thing. The garbage we put into our mouths plays a huge role, but the biggest part of the reason the garbage that we put in our mouths plays a huge role is because we can't digest it efficiently the way that it should be because it's messing with our systems so much. Our enzymes are lower. Our stomach acid is lower. Our bile production, we're getting gallbladders yanked out like they're going out of style. And all of these things matter. If you, I talked about this last week on the show, if you're not pooping at least once a day and preferably two or three times, you're not pooping enough. And that's a serious thing. I'm not joking here. Get on the toilet on a regular basis and it makes a big difference. Because think about it. If you've got food in there, waste in there that's putrefying over two, three, four, five days, of course you're going to be at a higher risk for cancer. That's what constipation makes a big difference. If you've got chronic diarrhea, you don't have the probiotics in there that play such a vital role in the health of the colon. So probiotics are huge. Digestive enzymes are huge. I think if you're over the age of 30, you ought to be using both of those things on a daily basis. And making sure that you feel good in your gut on a regular basis. And if you don't, if you're dealing with reflux, if you're dealing with ulcers, if you're dealing with cramping or bloating or gassiness with meals on any kind of a regular basis, occasionally that's going to happen. But if it's regular, if you're dealing with an inability to go to the bathroom for a, a good bowel movement at least once to twice a day, all of those things are a factor and all of those things can be improved simply by changing your diet a little bit and taking a couple of supplements to help find the balance and improve the digestion that you need. That's what the article should have been talking about more than early detection because once you've got the cancer, in many cases, it's too late. And if it's not too late, what they do to treat it is a miserable thing I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. So let's stop the cancer. Let's prevent it so we don't have to detect it. That's what the rant was today. I'm going to cut to a break. When I come back, I am going to talk about women's health. Women's Health Matters is a new book that was released that I really, really love. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to get a free copy of it by Dr. Karen Jensen. It's amazing. If you are a woman or if you have anyone in your life who you love that is, you should stay tuned because we're going to talk about the difference between women's health and men's health. We're going to talk about PMS. We're going to talk about 
menopause. We're going to talk about some of those symptoms and why they happen and what you can do about it. All that is coming up. You're listening to me. My name's Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blog or online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. All righty, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every Saturday morning. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it is so good to be with you one more time on a beautiful summer day. You know, before I get going too much further, I want to say that tomorrow is uh, is Dad's birthday. My dad's been gone for eight years, and uh, man, almost nine now, eight and a half years. It'll be nine years just around Thanksgiving. And uh, he is the primary reason why I do this. It was his uh, wild hair, brainchild, whatever you want to call it, to open up a health food store. Uh, Back then it was called Nutrition Shop. Uh, My mother did an amazing job helping him run it for a long time and and basically running it herself for uh, quite a few years. But, uh, you know, he was ahead of his time on a lot of things and in many ways was a pioneer in the industry of health and nutrition and prevention of disease which is what i talk about so passionately passionately on vitality radio on a regular basis and he was a passionate man and there's not really a day goes by that i don't miss my dad clyde st Clair was an amazing individual and um, i i just used to love talking to him on a regular basis about this stuff about what was happening at Vitality, uh, what was going on uh, in the world of health and nutrition and alternative medicine, and uh, picking his brain and him picking mine. We had such a great time and such a great relationship. And uh, I just want to throw a little shout out to him because it is uh, his birthday today, or tomorrow, I guess, sorry. And uh, I uh, don't ever want a year to go by uh, where I haven't mentioned him at least a couple of times on Vitality Radio because it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for my dad. Thanks, dad. Love you. All right, back to what we're going to talk about today. And of course, Vitality Radio is brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. 
107 South, 500 West is where you can find us physically. If you want to give us a call, we would love to hear from you. 801-292-6662 is the number. That's 801-292-6662. And I can't stress this enough. I don't care where you live. If you're within the sound of my voice on some level, whether it's online or uh, over the air or whatever it is, you can be helped by us. If you have questions, you give us a call, 801-292-6662. We have all these amazing things, you know, uh, FedEx, post office, uh, UPS, um, that can uh, get things to you if we need to get things to you. If you're just looking to get some questions answered, we love doing that. Education is my favorite part of what I do, and uh, I love answering your questions, especially love talking to people who enjoy listening to Vitality Radio. So give us a call, 801-292-6662, regardless of where you are, and we will take care of you the best way that we know how. Uh, also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio is where you find us there. If you like that page, you'll find all kinds of good information there. You can also go to our website. People love the new website. I hear great things about it all the time. VitalityNutrition.com. Those are the places you can find us. And now, back to the uh, main topic of the show, Women's Health Matters. Now, I mentioned earlier, uh, the uh, front cover of this book by Dr. Karen Jensen says this. Most medical protocols for treating women are based on clinical studies done on men. Doesn't seem to make any sense, does it? As a woman, do you want to be medically treated like a man? In this book, Dr. Karen Jensen and other practicing physicians share their experiences in treating treating women's health conditions. Now, I don't have time to go through this entire book, of course. Uh, in fact, I only have, oh, maybe we're at about 20 more minutes left of the show. But I will talk about some of the things that I find the most important. First off, there's a lot of stuff here, and uh, this book is fantastic. It really is. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read through quite a bit of it, and uh, I love. And I've actually heard Dr. Jensen speak uh, in person too, and she's excellent. So let me just tell you a couple things about what is going on with this book. First off, it is a book that you can buy on Amazon and places like that, but you can get it for free, and it's an awesome book. I think it's like a twenty-seven dollar book or something like that. Uh, all you've got to do is come to Vitality, and if you decide to uh, buy one of the products that uh, uh, Natural Factors has put together uh, for women's health, they're giving you a free copy of this book, which is amazing. Uh, they're even giving you a free bottle of uh, coconut oil for skin conditioning, and it is the best coconut oil I've ever used for the use of skin. If you've seen me, you know I don't have uh, any hair on my head, and when I shave my head, I use this coconut oil on the top uh, to moisturize it, and yeah, I absolutely love this stuff, and that's even free right now if you buy one of the Natural Factors products that uh, is recommended uh, for these health conditions. Now, I'm going to talk about one in particular called EstroSense in here, here in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about this because it ties in really, really nicely with my rant on the colon cancer because the other big cancers out there that I talk about probably more than anything on Vitality Radio are prostate cancer in men and breast cancer in women. And we know that a high percentage of those cancers are actually uh, what would be considered estrogen-fed cancers, where doctors will actually specifically say to a woman, you can't be on an estrogen product if you've got this cancer, because it'll make the cancer grow. So I have 
often found that that's a little silly, that uh, they would prescribe estrogens that would create the potential (laughs) for cancer. But then if you have cancer, well, they'll take you off of those estrogens. So again, we're back to prevention instead of playing medical whack-a-mole. You know, have you ever played whack-a-mole? It's one of my favorite analogies. You go over to Lagoon, they've got whack-a-mole. It's that game where the, the mole head pops up and you whack it with a mallet, and then another mole head pops up and you whack that with a mallet. And so much of what modern medicine has become is this. Oh, I have a symptom over here. I'm going to smack it down with something called suppressive medicine. I'm going to f- not work within the body's natural constraints. I'm going to go above and beyond and force the body basically into compliance or force the symptom down with this mallet and then oh lo and behold here comes another symptom and uh yeah that's not what we're about at vitality it's not what vitality radio is about we don't like medical whack-a-mole now regular whack-a-mole is kind of fun but medical whack-a-mole is no fun i don't like it when customers come in and talk to me and they say hey i've got seven drugs that i'm on and i find out that three of them are because of other drugs that they're on just side effect uh drugs you know things that are not, they would never need to be on if it wasn't for the first set of drugs but you get so down far down that rabbit hole you don't know how to get out okay so back to women's health sorry i got on a rabbit hole rant myself right there what's going on here chemical toxicity i mentioned it before it's a big deal it's a really big deal especially when it comes to cancer And some of these toxins are things that cannot be avoided. But Dr. Jensen in her book has an excellent chapter that I love about the ones that she thinks, the big six that we should avoid. And she tells us how to avoid them. So I'm going to hit that real quick. Have you ever heard of BPA? I know you have. If you listened to the show last week, I talked about it a little bit. So she says, here's the things that you can do with BPA. First off, there's a lot less BPA in our stuff, in our, in our plastic, than what used to be. You know, it's not in baby bottles anymore, sippy cups and all this kind of stuff. And oftentimes you'll see BPA-free, but they have replaced it with something called BPS, which doesn't leach as much as BPA, but it is believed that it's far more toxic. So plastic is still a problem. And according to Dr. Jensen, you just go with stainless or you go with glass. Pretty simple. She also says to rinse canned fruit or vegetables to reduce the amount of BPA you ingest because the cans are still lined with BPA to a large extent. And we know BPA causes cancer unequivocally. It's definitely a thing. It's one of the groups of xenoestrogens that I often talk about. How about um, avoiding plastic reusable water bottles unless they are clearly marked BPA-free, she says. But even if they are, and they probably have BPS in them. The only way to really do this is to make sure that your water bottle isn't experiencing extreme temperature changes. And I still like stainless and glass better if you're gonna be carrying a water bottle around throughout the day because odds are it's gonna be experiencing temperature changes. You're gonna take it in and out of the fridge. You're gonna take it in and out of the car, things like that. Now, if you're gonna make up a protein shake and you're gonna drink it in 10 minutes, then these BPA-free bottles are fine. We sell them at Vitality, and I love them. I use them myself because there's not really the level of exposure, the big temperature changes and things like that. And so maybe you're going to get some occasionally, but I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, I think stainless and glass are really critical when we're talking about water bottles that we're going to be carrying around and drinking throughout the day. And uh, Dr. Jensen seems to agree to to a large extent. Uh, She talks about dioxins. Uh, how do we get dioxins? Well, uh, they're found in during waste burning, pulp and paper bleaching, uh, pesticide manufacturing, and they disrupt a hormonal signals, specifically in women, in the body. 
So she says, try to eat less animal fat and buy lean meats and poultry, according to her, to avoid more dioxins. What else? Purchase food products that have been grass-fed. Now, that's kind of a buzzword out there, but it's a big deal because the food that they're feeding the animals now is mostly genetically modified. That's one problem. It's higher in dioxins, and it uh, is carrying with it cancer-causing chemicals. So grass-fed means something. And then reduce dairy consumption. Now, I'm going to put a little caveat on that, and this is me, not her. I do believe that excessive dairy of any kind is probably not a good thing. But if you can get a hold of raw dairy, which is actually available it's just hard to get. There are a few stores in Utah that actually sell it uh, because they own dairy farms. They're called uh, Redmond uh, Farm Stores. They're great stores. Total competitors of mine, but that's okay. They do a great service by having that raw milk. But you can even get involved in co-ops. I'm involved in one with through the Weston A. Price Foundation here in Utah. And if you have questions about that, you know, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. 801-292-6662 if you want to get raw dairy that is uh, grass-fed, organic, all that good stuff. That, I believe, actually has more healing benefit than it does any kind of damage that it may cause. So that's a big deal. Atrazine is another one. That's a pesticide. Okay, now atrazine is uh, used on crops such as corn and cane sugar. These are both GMO crops for the most part. And on turf such as golf courses and residential lawns. This widespread use has also led to runoff, which means that it ends up in the lakes and the streams and even drinking water. Atrazine is immunotoxic. It disrupts the function of the immune system. What does the immune system have to do with any of this? Everything, right? The immune system plays a huge role in cancer prevention in both men and women. And so she says, how do you avoid atrazine? You buy organic produce. If you're one of these people who says, well, I'm not sure I can afford all organic, then you start with you know, kind of that baby steps introduction thing. There's the dirty dozen. They're the dirtiest vegetables and fruits in terms of toxins. You want to avoid those uh, and use those only if they're organic. And then there's the clean 15, which doesn't matter as much if you buy them organic. That's a great place to start. If you don't know how to find that online, give us a call. We'll help you. But uh, if you look up clean 15 foods, dirty dozen foods, you'll find them. If you just look up Dirty Dozen, you'll find the movie. Uh, but that'll help. Uh, filter your drinking water. That's a big deal. And uh, vacuum your carpets, mop your floors, and damp wipe dusty surface, surfaces weekly because you actually get atrazine that accumulates there. Isn't that crazy? Because it's so uh, ubiquitous in our society now. Uh, and then she also says, avoid tracking pesticides into the house by having everyone remove their shoes at the door. So these are all things that you may not be thinking of that could make a big difference in your overall health, especially if you are a woman because of what these do to mess up the uh, endocrine system and mess up the female cycle. Uh, Percolorate is another one, she says. This is one um, that uh, is is naturally occurring and non-man-made chemical used in the production of rocket fuel, missiles, fireworks, flares, and explosives. It contaminates a good portion of our produce, water, and milk. It can disrupt the thyroid's ability to produce hormones needed for normal growth and development. Here's the tips to avoid that. And we're back to filtering your water. Um, improve thyroid function just by getting more iodine in your diet or even supplementing with it. And again, try to buy organic as often as possible. And then the last one she mentions 
uh, is glyphosate or glyphosate, depending on who you ask. That is also known as Roundup. And that means you ought not to be using it in your own yard, but also using organic foods that are GMO-free because they're going to not have the glyphosate sprayed on them. Genetic modification, one of the biggest issues with it that we absolutely know, because there's still questions scientifically about how messed up the food itself might be but one thing that we know is that most of genetic modification is specific to make these crops roundup ready meaning they can spray up to four times as much roundup on these crops which means if you're eating corn soy and all these other things you're getting a ton of this glyphosate if you're not buying it organically Uh, so again that's a big deal or at least non-gmo those are big avoid food containing um any other kind of genetically modified ingredients. And then, of course, you know, don't use it on your own gardens and in your own yard. So love that little chapter. It's very simple, but it's important. Avoidance is huge. But guess what? The EWG, the Environmental Working Group, the ones that developed the 12, or sorry, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, they actually say that, uh, you can only avoid like maybe 65 to 70% of this stuff because the rest of it's just going to happen. It's in the air, it's in the water, it's all these different places. So then what else can you do besides avoidance? That's what I'm going to get to after we take this little break. We're going to take a quick one. It's just going to be a couple of minutes. I will be back talking more about women's health and talking about PMS, menopause, and so on and so forth. When we come back, my name's Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.